There is a, a my wife and, and son and I drove back yesterday afternoon from the Billings Youth Rally. So there's, uh, we've got a whole crew of our people, our teenagers, uh, bunches of them are there and, and several families that are there helping out, chaperone and, and just uh, help the Billings crew um, help things to run smoothly. But it was just, a, it's a tremendous time. Uh, like the youth rally that we have here that we host in August, there's one that's happening right now in Billings. And there's just, just great spiritual stuff that's happening there. So you can continue to pray for that, just that, that God works to, to really convict the hearts of the kids and the adults, everybody's participating, and, uh, and bring everybody into a, a place that's closer and, and more convicted to, to follow Christ. And some of us have, have grown up in those contexts, been able to be blessed by going to youth rallies and, and being encouraged and, and changed and transformed. And I believe that a lot of the reason, and there's a lot of parts to this, but a lot of the reason that I'm here that, that I, I, I serve in ministry in God's kingdom as I do is because of some things and, and that happened at those youth rallies when I was growing up. And, and they're tremendous. And, and it's just a, they continue to go and continue to convict kids and, and raise up the next generation of, of faithful followers is, is something that all of us can be excited about. All of us have a, a small part in that that we bring to the table to be a blessing there. And there's a, I'm going to start off to lead into the lesson with them. Lolita's here. Lolita's going to get talked about here just a little bit. She waved Lolita. Yeah, there she is. All right. Um, the uh, the elders are going to come up and, and pray over Lolita, just like whenever someone is sent out from the church here to, in ways we like with with births and transitions, like to um, to try to 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 pray and, and send people off in that way. And Lolita is, and more details will be given. She's going to India. She flies out tomorrow, and. Um, and she is going to be working in a mission that takes ladies that are working on the street, that are prostitutes, and tries to bring them out of that and introduce them to the kingdom of God and give them tools to be able to, to, um, to, to work in life um, and, and be in a, a lot safer, better situation and, and hopefully become Christians in the process. Now, if you're thinking, that doesn't sound very safe, that doesn't sound like the... Man, that's, that's uncomfortable, then... Maybe we get a taste of where, who Lolita is. Lolita is not one that is going to say, man, I want, I don't, I've never, as long as I've known Lolita, she's never taken the easy path, not once, that I'm aware of. And I'm thankful that, that, that she's got the courage to say, man, this burns in my heart. And as I've talked with her, and so several of us have during this process, is that, that she's said very deeply in her heart, there's something that burns that I've been given so much, and I want to be able to give something back. And I can't explain that to anybody else. I can't describe that or justify that to anybody else. But this ministry touches my heart and this calls me and I'm going. And I think sometimes in, in America, if you listen to, like we've talked about our prayers and how we, we, just, we do life, is that one of our greatest values is security. And we talk about safe and secure, safe and secure, and we talk about that type of thing on a regular basis. And that's not bad. But the kingdom of God is bigger than that and it moves us beyond that. And, and when we grow and, and when we do things that, are, that, are, that sometimes are not always safe and secure, we're not sure exactly what to do about that. But uh, I think we can all appreciate, and our, our prayers go with you, Lolita, and, uh, as you um, jump into this, this next phase in life. And uh, Lolita's grown up here in the church, and I think the, the fact that she's got a heart to do something that really matters, that, that, is, that is really very much in the trenches, speaks to the church here. And in the example that you have shown her, and uh, and what's important in life, 
And so our, our prayers, again, the elders send you. But I know that when Lolita gets on this, on this plane tomorrow, that marks a big change in what happens next. And we have those, those different uh, changes in life. I know that when I stepped onto the college campus at York College years ago, I realized, man, there's big changes here. No longer is my mama going to cook for me. No longer is my mama going to do my laundry. Everything changes. And my first forays into laundry at college, because my mom had always been there to, when I had done laundry before, had always been there to, to fix whatever I did. And I, I, there's some things that came out pink. There's things, you know, how many of you have been there? You've done it, right. Yeah, big life changes were happening there. And what we're going to see today, uh, we've been going through the book of Luke, uh, and we're going to actually take a section from Matthew today because it fleshes out this situation, uh, what happens a little more in detail. So go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. And I'll start reading here in uh, verse 13 here in just a second. Because Jesus, up to this point in time, he is a kid, he's growing up, but we see the kingdom of God moving around, preparing for Jesus to come. And last week we talked about John the Baptist, who was sent to make paths straight to prepare the way for Jesus because the religious leaders had become such an obstacle to people coming to God. God sent John the Baptist with power and a spirit to be able to speak to people that they came out of the cities, came into the area of the Jordan to hear his message because it was so different. And he was willing to talk with people who the religious leaders just would prefer, like the soldiers and like the the, the tax collectors, we just prefer that you not come to the table. You're too messy for us. And John the Baptist says, come on in. Let's talk. Let's talk about what it means to come to the, into the kingdom of God. And he shares with them their steps, their next steps, in order to come into the kingdom of God. And in the middle of all of these people coming into the wilderness to hear John the Baptist's message, we see that Jesus comes into the discussion. He comes in to hear John the Baptist, and he comes... I'll start reading verse 13. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And so as we just read, as Lance just read in the book of John, John knew Jesus was for certain because of what happens next. But even at this point in time, John had an idea of who Jesus was and what it's all about. And Jesus came. You can imagine the line of people coming there to be baptized and in this line, Jesus gets in the line. Just, just let our imagination go for a minute here. He gets in this line, and he comes down to the water, and John the Baptist looks at him and says, Wait a minute. No, this isn't how things are supposed to work. You're, you're, you're supposed to baptize me. I'm not supposed to baptize you. I know who you are. You're great. This is it. You're the, you're the Messiah that's coming. And Maybe he didn't say all of that at this point in time. But Jesus, his request is, No, I'm coming and I'm going to be baptized just like everyone else here. Uh, look in the next verses, in verse 15. It says, Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. So Jesus' rationale, because John's not understanding the rationale. Okay, this should be reversed. Our role should be reversed here. And Jesus says, Nope, let's do this to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, we need to do this because this is the right thing to do. Jesus, as, any, um, as the best leader ever, is not going to ask us to do something that he's not going to do himself first. We see that throughout the life of Jesus. 
is that Jesus was the trail breaker and he blazed the way for us. And he does that here. How can Jesus ask his disciples someday to be baptized if he's not doing that, if he doesn't do it himself? That's what this means. John, we need to do this because this is the right thing to do. And so John consents. And Jesus goes down into the water. We see here in verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. You can imagine the people. Put yourself in this situation. If you're standing around there and you're watching this happen at this point, thinking, wait a minute, what, what, is, what is all of this about? But I know this is big. And it says that Jesus goes down into the water, or that he comes up out of the water. And, and this is one of these, these weird quirks of church history, is that baptism was not originally a religious word. It was just a word that meant to, to dip or dunk. And so if I did my, the dishes at, at the house and I was going to put the plate under water, I'd say I'm going to baptize the plate. It was common language. And it does happen. Dishes do happen for me once in a while at my house. And so I'd be baptizing the dishes and that. But because of some things that happened in church history, instead of the English translators, they didn't translate the word baptize. They just transliterated it and, and take it. Let's take, okay, if there's a Greek letter here, we'll just translate, tra- you know, change that letter into an English letter. And, and here we've got the word baptize, new word. There it is. Uh, deal with it. And so people of, of Jesus' day or people who would have been reading Matthew originally would have understood in verse 16, as soon as Jesus was immersed, he came up out of the water. It would have read very smoothly like that. That's what happens. Jesus goes down the water. He comes up, and it says, the heavens were open. you imagine what that looks like? I can't imagine. I've seen some amazing things in nature, but I've never seen the heavens open and a dove descend as the Spirit of God, and these words be spoken. Words from heaven say, this is my Son, whom I love and with him I am well pleased. So we learn some things about Jesus here. Being the Son of God, being the nature of God, being the same. This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Think of all the things that God could have said at this point in time. All the things that were on God's heart. <laughs> all the things that he could have... Well, well, hey, while I have heavens open right here, I've got a few other things to say right now. Guys, knock it off, all right? I'm getting tired of this. You know, all sorts of things that could have been said right here. But you notice what he says. This is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. I love my son, and I'm proud of him. That's what he has to say right there. Shows the heart of God a bit, doesn't it? As Jesus is starting his ministry, as he's going into this water, he's coming up. Big change, big life change right here. He says, this is my son, I'm proud of him. You need to listen to him. Follow him. Watch his example. Listen to what he says. Put it into practice. Because I love him. And thus begins the ministry of Jesus. And we see in Luke and the... In the next uh, verses, there's a genealogy, but then what happens is Jesus goes in face-to-face with people, telling them what this new kingdom is all about. Boy, um, I think about this big transition that happens in our lives. When we uh, submit to God, we're baptized, we come up out of that water, and, and things are different. If you look at Galatians, there's a passage I want to read. and I just want to share some stories, and, and all of us...
who have made that decision, like Romans 6 talks about, all of us who have been baptized into Christ have closed ourselves with Christ. Um, we, we have that experience um, and we have that transformation. Look at Galatians chapter 3. Verse 26, I'll start. So in Christ Jesus, you all are children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And what a beautiful picture there is that when we submit to God, we were baptized, we put on the garments of Christ, and our life from that point on is forever changed and different. Uh, scripture talks about we're transformed, we're washed, we're renewed, we are, our sins are forgiven. All of those, those terms are used in reference to baptism when you look through Scripture. And I think about some times that, that I've observed and I've, I've watched people's lives change at this moment when they become followers of Christ and they come into his kingdom. I think about um, one that, that, is, that has always impacted me is, is a woman that was, that was in Rome when I lived there. Her name was Gisela. And Gisela was, um, as the Italians say, I may have spoken about her before, we have, when someone just says whatever comes in their mind, we say they don't have a filter you know, you're familiar with that phrase. Some of us have better filters than others. Um, the Italians, the way that they phrase that is a person doesn't have any hair on their tongue. That's a literal translation, is that whatever comes in is just, ah, there it is. And Gisela was very much that way. She was a little girl when she remembers the Allied troops, um, General Mark Clark's troops, marching through Rome. And she remembers watching them as they came through. And she had stories about that era and that time of her life. And Gisela was a, a woman that had been, uh, she, she was very wealthy. Um, she didn't need anything. She was in great shape financially, just a, had, had everything going for her. But the thing is that she was lonely. She had, didn't have any children. She had a brother. And she was alone. And she lived not far from the church building. And she saw some of us in there one day. And she showed up and said, hey, what's this place all about? said, well, we're church. We talk about God. Uh, we do stuff like that. Oh, well, okay, maybe I'll come back sometime. Well, she came back. And she started listening. And she always had comments. And, and it was a, this, I remember this small group on Wednesday night. She was notorious for saying things like um, when, she, when she felt like the, the discussion went long enough and she was tired, she was ready to go home. She's like, all right, this is enough. Let's, let's, let's say, somebody say a beautiful prayer. I'm ready to go home. We're done. You know, this is it. This is all right. We're just time to, time to head home. And so you know, someone would pray and she'd be gone and you know, some of us would stick around if there was more discussion or, or something. But she, just, just no hair on her tongue, just whatever she thought came out. And so there was some of us started meeting with her weekly and started sharing the, the message of Christ. And I think she was trying to figure out is, are these people after my money? And she asked a lot of questions. And I remember one point in time, um, she just said, all right, here's the deal. <clears throat> all right, we've been talking about this baptism thing. It's time for me to be baptized. Let's do this. All right, I'm ready to follow Christ. What I've done for 80 years hasn't worked. I'm in. Let's do this. All right, so we, we went to a place where there was water. And I remember that uh, John Carlos, Sylvia's father, 
was, was in the water there with her and baptized her and brought her up out of the water and she's laying there like this. And then she said, is it over? <laughs> I said, yeah, okay. And she stood up and, and walked out. And it was amazing watching her life change and transition after that point in time. God got a hold of her heart and what you saw her start to do is start to give and start to, to think less about herself. And I remember at one point in time, she had grown up um, in, a, in a context. Um, she was, she was in, in Italy, there's a lot of cultural Catholics. They're not practicing, but they, just, they, they have some, some culture that they participate in there. Very, very rarely did I ever find one that was practicing. But she had, um, she had a... Um, it was, it was St. Francis of Paula uh, that she had, it was a, a family heirloom that she had put in her house during different seasons of the year. And I remember one of the, uh, um, one of the Christians went over there at one point in time and said, hey, you need to get that out of your house. And she said, don't tell me what to do, get out of my house, and kicked him out of her house. Um, hey, it's her house, she can do what she wants, you know. <laughs> but I, I remember going over there a few weeks later, and she said, I kicked so-and-so out of my house because he said I need to take that down. And I just said, you know, who answers your prayers ultimately? God does. She said, God answers my prayers. And, um, and I remember a few weeks later she said, you know, I've been thinking about this and, and praying, and I've decided I'm going to pray directly to God because that's what I need to be doing. And that's where my tra- I'm going to do that because I think God is powerful enough to hear my prayers. And we walked through some of that discussion, and I saw that from her. But from where she started being this, this person that was, that was angry, that was, that was upset at life, that was distrustful to coming into a faith and understanding the message of Jesus that would transform her and change her was beautiful. I could tell story after story after story after story of people who have... Well, I've watched make that decision to come to Christ and their lives change and transform in ways that they could have never dreamed. Um, I can think about um, you know, some of the, the Italians uh, during the time that I was there, um, many from Great Falls, a few here that I've just, that I've just observed and watched and, and been able to see. And, uh, and you never know, okay? I remember when Sylvia and I were first married, before we had children, there was a family that moved across the street from us. And um, they were military. And so we just prayed that God would use us to be an influence on them. And I remember we walked over, and, and they had three kids, I think, at that point in time. They already had all three of their kids. They were all really small. Um, but they, we went over there, and we talked with them one day. Just a nice couple, had a good time. And the next day, we decided the second time that we met them, we would invite them to come to worship with us. If they would, they'd like to come, they're welcome. And the second time, Sylvia and I went over there and said, hey, you guys should come to worship with us. And they said, okay, sounds good. Where is it? What time do you start? Wait a minute. That was easy. <laughs> that worked out well. What I found out later, I didn't know. But they showed up on Sunday. And they showed up on Sunday. And they started getting involved, and their, their lives were changing. And I remember really clearly, uh, later, they told me later, they said that they were on the edge of headed towards a divorce. Life, they weren't going to make it. They knew it. They both knew it. And so they prayed that God would somehow open up a door for them to, to, to put their, their marriage together and to, to find out what he was all about. They just had no clue. And neither one of them had been raised in any type of really spiritual atmosphere at all. 
to speak of. And I remember um, they said, we prayed for some kind of guidance. And uh, when you guys came over to our house and said, would you, you want to come to worship with us? We went inside and said, this is the answer to prayer, and we need to follow this. No excuses. We're following this. We're going to see where this leads. And I remember a few months in, there was a group of military that all became Christians all right at the same time uh, in that year. It was a pretty, really, really amazing, neat situation. But um, I remember going over to their house late one night after we had had a, a group Bible discussion. went over there late one night and said, hey, what do you guys think about what we talked about today? And the husband's, who was, who was my size, there's, he's an in, interesting guy. I like him, you know, whatever. He's you know, a tremendous, tremendous guy. He's a good friend of mine. And he, um, um, he just looked at his wife and said, Kim, what on earth are we doing? We need to be baptized right now, except I'm cleaning up his language a lot of what came out of his mouth. Okay? And we went to the church building that night, and they were baptized. And from that, there's several other people have become Christians because Doug has taken Christ with him on his deployments in different places that he's been. He's shared the message of God with different people. And uh, see that change. And for us, that opportunity is open to all of us. If you haven't made that decision to follow Christ and uh, know that this is a time that change can happen. You can come into the kingdom of God, sins forgiven, and go on from here in, uh, in an adventure in God's kingdom and see the transformation that God's going to bring around in your life. If you've made that decision, then I think what's important for all of us as Christians is to wake up every and make that decision again and say, all right, I know that I'm in God's kingdom. I know that Christ's blood, his mercy, his grace covers covers over where I'm at. But I'm going to see. I remake I make that commitment and I re up. I re enlist this morning to be part of God's kingdom and to see what he has in store for me and I'm on board with whatever mission he throws my direction today. I'm in. And here I go. And when we fall short, we get up and we dust ourselves off and say because I may have to carry some, some battle scars with me, but I'm up and I'm at it again, and I continue on and I pursue the kingdom of God yet again today. Day in, day out, and we continue to do that. And you know what happens when we do that for a lifetime? We end up looking a whole lot more like Christ than we do right now, and we take a whole lot of people with us in ways that we may never know until eternity comes. But we become part of this kingdom that is continually forcefully advancing into the people around the lives of the people around us that is little by little bringing other people into the kingdom of God. And boy, let's not ever let that message become stale, become old or become commonplace among us because God's spirit continues to work in us to transform us to look more and more like what he wants us to be. And when we do that, we continue to, as we share on our website, share the abundant life of Jesus. And I pray that we can do that more and more every day. If you'd like to become a Christian or like prayers of the church, the elders are waiting in the back to pray with you. Let's stand and sing together.